Hello and welcome to today's VJ Hemonk podcast. We are a global open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematological oncology. This podcast series will feature selected sessions from the 16th International Workshop on Multiple Myeloma, which was held in Madrid, Spain. In this session, you will hear from Irene Gabriel, Charlotte Paulin, Lawrence Boyce and Paula Neri, who share some insights into the tumor microenvironment, the immune microenvironment and mechanisms of resistance to agents, including IMIDs, bispecifics and CAR T cells. Hello everyone, we are here in the 16th IW Myeloma workshop meeting in Madrid and I'm very excited to be here with a, many of my colleagues who are uh, going to talk about the tumor microenvironment but also about drug resistance, especially IMID drug resistance. So we'll first start with introductions. My name is Irene Gabriel. I'm a professor of medicine at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, Massachusetts. Paula? Hi, my name is Paula Neri. I'm an associate professor at the University of Calgary. Hi, I'm Larry Boyce. I am a professor at the Winship Cancer Institute at Emory University. Hi, my name is Charlotte Paulin. I'm a hematologist at the Royal Marsden Hospital and the Institute of Cancer Research in London. So with that, I think we're going to try and break it into tumor and immune microenvironment. This way we can talk about drug resistance in both of them. Uh, and we know that truly it's an ecosystem. You need both of them to understand mechanisms of drug resistance. So I'll start with Charlotte's tumor cells, and then I'll come back to the immune cells and stromal cells, not just the immune cells. And we will start by image drug resistance. Can you give us a little bit of an update of what you found in your data? So we heard both from myself and then from a second talk uh, today, thinking about the mechanisms of image resistance that are the kind of intrinsic to the myeloma cell. So we know that image work both on the tumor cell and in the microenvironment, but more of the data that we have is coming from the myeloma cell at the moment. We know that there are multiple different ways in which we could, that cells are able to generate uh, resistance. There's some really great work looking at um, sequencing studies, looking at mutations and copy loss of both cerebron, which is the key protein by which imids act, and also other members of the kind of pathway that controls cerebron um, structure and function. But really interestingly, even in data sets of patients who have become refractory to multiple imids, we see these mutations and copy loss in only up to about a third of patients. So there are clearly other things going on in the um, tumor cell that are perhaps kind of affecting that uh, interaction as well. So that takes us to what else is causing drug resistance in general, and especially talking about bispecifics, CAR-T, we're in the era of immunotherapy and really understanding what is the role of the immune system in immunotherapy would be critical. And then of course, we'll get to non-immune cells with the stroma. So maybe Paula, tell us a little bit more about how we understand the immune system, especially with bispecific antibodies. Absolutely, Irene. I think we are uh, spoiled in a way because we have now new technology, new tools that we can actually investigate the single cell level, what happened to the patient in the, for example, T cell component. And we can interrogate the bone marrow, we can interrogate the peripheral blood. So we're learning a lot from investigating this component in a different level. And what we are, for example, learning that there is, it is um, it's very important, the fitness of these T cells, because we expect because of the TCE require an engagement from T cells and the tumor, that if these T cells are not performing well because they're tired or we can call exhausted and they express a lot of this checkpoint inhibitor, unfortunately, they will affect how good these patients are. And I think we have now data showing that 
we can interrogate these T cells before even starting therapy. And then if they are exhausted in the bone marrow in the peripheral blood, in a way we say they are globally exhausted, we know that TC, we are not go they are not going to laugh, so they're not going to give us the deep response we like. But if we have an healthy population in the peripheral blood, these patients are the one they respond because the TC are now engaging these cells, bringing them to the bone marrow, and then allow them to do their job, which is killing myeloma. So I think we are learning from, again, looking at different parts of the, um, the immune cells where they interact with the tumor, also in the peripheral blood, how important this is. So moving from T cells to non-T cells and trying to understand the stroma, and I'm a big believer that the stroma is critical in multiple myeloma. Can we talk more about how the stroma can induce resistance in multiple myeloma? Sure, Irene. I, I think one of the things is, as, as, as Paolo points out, we have all these wonderful tools now that we can look at all these different cells, and, and you spoke to as well. Um, and we've been thinking about the stroma involved in drug resistance for some time, and I, I worry now with the way that we're, we're um, looking at things that we, we forget about our old friend and think about and how it actually influences the therapies that we're now moving into with the immunotherapies. Uh, these cells produce lots of um, cytokines that, and chemokines that can attract different cells into the microenvironment itself. Uh, they also, the cytokines, they have direct effects on the myeloma cells themselves to enhance um, the survival of these cells. And what we talked about today was how it can, that can even affect uh, potentially CAR T cells. And recent data that uh, one of our other speakers, Madhav Dadapkar, published with Adam Cohen showed that residual cells um, following CAR T cell infusion, um, when you look at the myeloma cells that are left, the, um, the signal that's enriched in that is actually IL-6 um, and STAT-3 signaling, suggesting that these pathways that are activated by the stromal cells and then um, are influencing the response uh, to these therapies. Yeah, and let's talk maybe about post-therapy, looking at, you've given the therapy, let's take a look at what happened to the immune system or the tumor cells post-therapy. I think we touched a little bit about uh, some of those in our session. One of them was our work on PIN, post-immune normalization, indeed showing that if you normalize the immune system post-therapy, that could be a predictor of long-term outcome. It was in one study, we're hoping to see it in many other studies, that you can be predicting long-term outcome even if you don't have residual cells left or if you do have even uh, small numbers of tumor cells. But your data also with bispecifics as well as the CAR-T data that was presented, post-therapy, you indicated that there could be that response of now that exhausted T cell is sort of revived a little bit. So can you give us more information about that? Yeah, because again, even how we define exhaustion is still not perfect, it's not ideal because we we have some precursor exhausted T cell where even if they have checkpoint, even if you have the receptor, inhibitor receptor can be rescued. And I'm thinking, you know, the checkpoint inhibitor should be re, um, reutilized or re, re, we have to think about again in myeloma. Or if they're really terminally exhausted, so where unfortunately they start even have high level of granzyme, these are cells unfortunately difficult to rescue. But I will even say, let's prevent this uh, uh, exhaustion to happen or uh, maybe utilizing with therapy earlier on, uh, we cannot wait you know, to have 10 line of therapy and then think about this approach. I think all our work seems to suggest that we have to have a healthy environment. It's not just for T cells, but all the other components, because they are all playing a role in allowing this therapy to be effective.
So again, going to my other favorite places, uh, treating smoldering myeloma, treat them early before it's too late. So maybe let's talk about post-therapy, especially with patients not on lenalidomide, but as we get to the next generation and next generation of IMIDs, uh, what do we want to look at post-therapy to say, indeed, those patients are losing you know, response? And that will go back to some of those loss of BCMA, loss of you know, responses to even GPRC5Z. I think we, we saw a little bit of that tumor drug resistance. Yeah, so we think similar to responses to image we've seen with T-cell engagers and with CAR T-cell therapy, that if you lose the key mechanism by which these drugs are, are working, so we've seen data looking at loss of that cell surface receptor in the case of T-cell engagers and, and CAR T's. In image response, we it's less clear maybe that that's definitively the mechanism that's driving resistance, but I think that's probably also true in the CAR-T and bispecific space. We see a variety of different things that are changing in patients, and perhaps for different patients it's different, which is the mechanism in that situation that's really responsible for the disease coming back in that scenario. So with that, uh, final conclusions of our session, Paolo? Um, so let's, my, um, I think we are all learning from interrogating the tumor or the microenvironment that we have to interrogate both because one would not give us the answer we need. And from learning from that, we can learn how to act on it and to even select the best therapy for our patient. That would be my take home message. Absolutely, and I, I think it also, as much as we learned in, in, in the exciting data that we saw today, there's so much more to do still. There's so many, we, it seems like we uh, end up creating more, you know, more questions than answers, um, but I, I think it's definitely going to be exciting times uh, moving forward as we uh, now know more about what the cells are there and, and, and which ones are important in these responses. Yeah, I can only agree, but I think it's also important to be reminded of the stromal cells. We spend a lot of time thinking about T cells and the immune cell compartment of the microenvironment, but actually there are many more cells and um, structures going on there that kind of interact. So I think it was good to be reminded of that. Yeah, and I, I would say that it's been really exciting where we see huge responses, improvement in survival of our patients with myeloma, but it's still complex and we're still trying to understand it more. And the more we dig, the more we understand that we barely know anything about myeloma and its complexity and we need to understand it even more. Uh, so we're not losing our jobs anytime soon, uh, but we're hoping to keep understanding better who will respond to therapy and who will not because we owe it to our patients that before they start a bispecific or CAR-T or any therapy, we know if they will respond to this therapy and we can be more selective. We're not treating all the patients with all the drugs. We're treating some patients with drugs that they will respond to. And that's our job to help our patients improve their responses and their long-term outcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJ Hemonk and subscribe to VJ Hemonk Podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Podbean. Until next time.